Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Hey, welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast, everybody. Thank you for being here. We appreciate appreciate you supporting it. Tell a friend, support those that support us. Click through on the Amazon banner. It does not cost you a thing, but keeps winds in the sail of the Corolla Pirate Ship. Hey, go to drdrew.com. Check up on the contact list. I appreciate you being there for that. Check out the opium series about how we got into the opiate crisis there and the family of podcasts there. I can't think. Is there anything else? Oh, look for, look for my Instagram page at Dr. Drew Pinsky. I'm going to start doing some uh, Instagram videos. I am excited to bring in Amara, um, um, Amira. Amira, I want to say Amira, <laughs> uh, and Greg Barrett. Uh, they have a podcast, Maybe It's You. They have a new book, How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking, The Keys to Keep Your Wedlock Out of Deadlock. Uh, podcast is on iTunes. Yes. And the book is from usual places, Amazon. That Wherever kind of you can buy books these days. Uh, you can follow Greg at, at Gregory Barrett, B-E-H-R-E-N-D-T. Yep. Amira, Ms. America. Ms. America. Like Ms. America. America. Uh, M-S-A-M-I-I-R-I-C-A is the Twitter handle. And um, so what's in the book? You know, we wrote this book, How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking, when our marriage was super sucking. And uh, we did sort of like a forensic CSI trying to figure out like why things had gotten. So, yeah, to that point, because a lot of our friends' marriages were falling apart. And we realized that, you know, we could kind of trace back all of the – you know the histori- suckiness. The suckiness, like those, for, like engagement for the first five years, where we had beautifully planted some gorgeous landmines that would explode later on in our marriage, mm. and so we, you know, decided. So things I, you didn't uh, deal with, shocking. Yeah, also things that you don't think are gonna, you know, <clears throat> conversations that you don't want to have or in the early stages or things. Well, like somebody will say. I go like, oh, I would love to tell you what it was like when I was an alcoholic. And she's like, I don't love those stories. And then you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, I, beca- I have an opium problem later on in life, or opiate problem later on. And, and, right. uh, and suddenly it's all new news. Trying to explain yourself. When so you're she didn't to, want to hear your stories that were right. personal and important to you. That's right. Right? Yes. And so she shut off a piece of you is sort of in a weird way. That's right. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. And what's what happens is if you as you know, you get a full life and suddenly even having conversations are impossible. So for a lot a lot of the no, time because there's no time or because there's no time. Well, and, and, also at histori- like as time goes on, like at the beginning relationships are super fun, everything's buoyant, you're the best you, they're the best them, but you put 365 days a year and 5 10 years on that right. on that vehicle and all of a sudden there's these historic resentments and these accommodations yeah. that you've made and you, you haven't built invisible. in anything. You haven't right. built in a daily ritual or a practice that you, hey, we got to sit down and really have a talk. And I, I want to remind people, you guys got crazy busy. I think uh, people know Greg wrote the book, He's Just Not That Into You, that became the movie and then the daytime talk show. And in that period, you, crazy busy. And you were crazy. producing the talk show, I was, you? yeah. And then yeah. we've written other, we, then we wrote more books. We wrote, <sighs> it's called A Break Because It's Broken and It's uh. Just an Effing Date. And we had kids. And How many kids do you guys have now? We have two teenage girls. <laughs> 16 it's 13. the greatest. Okay. I, I couldn't be happier. They're good. lovely. Okay, good. 
Yeah, they're but they're lovely. like weather patterns. But pa- also, you know, they're, they they're are... like weather patterns. You know, girls are, you know, I mean, like you can watch it. They're like Hawaiian skies. They change right in front of you. It's like well, it's really it's, dark it's, and then it's bright. I, and it's, it, that's obvious to your wife, but to you, you just stand by going, what is What's happening? happening? Yes. What is this? Right. But then, I, but as a, <laughs> as a recovering drug addict and alcoholic, I go, oh, no, I get you. <laughs> I know exactly what that mood swing is. Oh, and yeah. actually, I'm just going to stand over here. And when you really need to talk, I'm over here because I get it. And you're the one that cries during the movies when I do. So we're both a little <laughs> bit on the, you know, um, uh, I actually realized I had more in common, and I like to sort of stand back a little bit and not have to. But one thing I learned from my marriage immediately, and I think just in life, if someone hasn't put a question mark at the end of the sentence, I don't need to be talking. Yeah. You know, I find myself sometimes. Especially with, that's for women, if you're male, for, for you know what I mean? Yeah. For well, the male, they, they just want us to listen. Not to respond right. or to fix. But, but Greg is a is Because a we recommend things nature. to each other yes. all the time. Men yes. recommend. Hey, man, you know what I was thinking? I saw what you were well, doing why, there. Why are, you, why are we talking if we're not like <laughs> trying <laughs> to help each other? I don't know what we would be doing. <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'd love I mean, a back for, rub, but probably yeah. not from you or I don't know. No, dude. I just need you to listen to my feelings for a minute. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, yeah, no, I, I don't need a monologue coming back at me. I just want you to hear it and then go, oh, that sucks, babe, and then walk away. Yeah, man, uh, yeah. With most of my friends, there's a task. Like I don't have a ha- like. Most of my friends are like we're either in a band together or we're working on. Yeah, you're doing stuff. Yes, yeah. we're yeah. fake writing a show we're not yeah. doing, but we have a reason to get together. It's like we should get together and talk about that idea we had, and then you you know. That's really funny. Um, but it but I do find that in our in our marriage we had not learned how to talk, and and quite honestly, the book was something that had sat around for a while and we were having a very hard time getting done because we sold the, the idea book? of it. Yes. Well, okay. yeah, we start, yeah, we, we, when our marriage was sucking, we actually sold the idea for the book. Because and your marriage was sucking? Because our marriage was sucking. We were trying, and we were separated at the time and we were trying to make it work. Make it work. Were and you getting figure professional it out. help? We were. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We were in couples therapy and, and we were trying to make it work. And then, um, so we were pushing the rock up the hill, trying diligently, and then Greg uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so it got put on the back burner for a couple of years, and then you know a bunch of our friends started splitting up and having. Did you come into his aid at that point? Yes, of yes, course. yes, but it was still well, not of but, course. I mean, it's not everyone. Well, does that. I mean, yes, but you know, there's there still was there still was tension between. But that's us. a not sucky move. There was still tension between us, and uh, you know, there's definitely days like, you know, where you go, oh, if if I had bailed on this marriage that I'd spent 15 years building, this wouldn't be my problem. But at the end of the day, at the, in my heart of hearts, that's not what I felt. I was like, right. I want to help him. I want to, you know, I want him to be well. And right. this is part of what, this is part of the for worse. Let's talk, yes. It's part of the for worse of marriage. It's and illness, there's little for worse and, and, and big for worse. Well, right? and, and then I doubled down because I needed to get back on the road, um, you know, for uh, various reasons. And I couldn't, so, and I had been on... Oxycontin the whole time for the I, cancer for the cancer for the uh, surgery and, uh, he, he had and I, had, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't get off and I was on the road and I started to withdraw and so I uh. reached out to somebody there and I and then and then I and then there I went right uh. down yeah. the same path and I read this I I saw this TED talk the other day about how much a guy was prescribed and and how they tried to take him off and it was the same thing with me it was too fast too quick. And it was too painful, and I needed to stay working. And then because I lied about where I got the pills, I went right into that behavior. It just was like an old yeah. shoe. Yeah, and I just, just put it on, and yeah. then I was lying about it. The next thing you know, you know, I'm, I've got pills that don't have my name on them. <laughs> Agnes. <laughs> well, I've got a few, you know. So, and, and then, but I got through it, you know. I, you know, but it was, I mean, you add all that stuff up, 
to a marriage, you know, and you're still got your kids in school and, you know, your careers are what they are. Well, and this it, is a monumental battle you guys were waging. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, I mean, multiple fronts, multiple issues, multiple stressors. It's phenomenal that you were able not just to get through it, but to share and write about it. You know, it's funny because when we first wrote the book, it was a much bigger book and then we decided to break it in two. So we have this one that came out today, How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking. And then in January, we're releasing We Used to Be in Love and Now We Work Here, which is dealing with the much more heavy aspect of the four worsts of marriage. Because we do ha- we have had a lot of experience for the 18 years we've been married. Mm. We've uh, dipped our toe in many a pool um, and our luck for but, but again, if we had just set boundaries and not made these, you know, accommodations where it, it just sort of became habit versus actual. Well, give me an example. You're seeing accommodations. I think I know what you mean. So, you know, early in our relationship, you know, you, you know, whether it's with, you know, where you're going to dinner or what works to put the baby down, if something is okay once, we start assuming it's okay every time mm-hmm. or they don't care about that or that's not important to them. And, you know, you find yourself in these patterns where one person is being privileged more than the other and the other is quietly building a sweet, sweet resentment. For, so it's unexpressed feelings. It's unexpressed feelings or the idea that you're okay with something and then as you evolve and your life changes, it stops feeling okay, but you don't feel able to say, you know, this doesn't work for me anymore because it's still working for the other person. Mm. So, you know, that's what we talk about in the book about like the landmines, how we keep, we continue putting these things out there that build up and then they sort of explode because you haven't had a difficult conversation that probably wouldn't even be that difficult. Could you give an example of one of the landmines? Do you want to take one of these? Yeah. I mean, go ahead. No, you do it. No, no, no. That's all right. Go ahead. Just one. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me an easy one. I, I, well, I wasn't going to go easy. I was going to go for like sex. Okay. You know, like there was, you know, like Greg said, you know, how early on I didn't want to hear his stories, his like, you know, drunken, promiscuous. His uh, his war stories. That kind of stuff. Because I was like, I really felt like, you know, I grew up in a, you know, a fairly conservative home. And I was just like, it's going to change the way I feel about you. I don't want to know this. I don't want to know this. And then, you know, it became, you know, me not knowing what's important to him as for his sexual identity because I was like, nope, I'm not hearing that. You know? And then he became afraid probably to give you the full picture exactly. of who he was. 100%. It's, and then- it's that kind of stuff. And then, and then, it, and then every time, every time, you know, you don't, you know, respond to someone's cues or compliment them on their thing, and then all of a sudden it's this historic injury that mm. actually goes back to this is who I am as a person and you're rejecting who I am as a person when – that's not the motivation or the intent that it, you know, and it could be for anything. Of like, you always put your dishes in the sink. Why can't they make it into? It, it doesn't matter what it is. There's things that you start feeling. You ascribe motive. You, you ascribe motive. motive to people. You give them. Uh, you give the monologues they're not having, or you're having with them about why it's happening. And then there's also that you know, in most cases, most people don't set out to hurt people. Right. They just don't know. Or they, not it their isn't the way they've person. done things, or they've come from a whole different family of origin where things are done completely differently. You know, there's sometimes where I go, my family didn't live like that. That isn't who we were. I don't know why we're ascribing these rules to my life that's also mine, 
My parents left their doors open. They left their keys in their car. I'm very, I'm very lax about that stuff. On the other hand, their bedroom doors and their bathroom doors were shut, 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 shut. And ours are open, 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 open. Huh. And, and I, my parents <laughs> both worked for the CIA, and we were put through drills. Oh and everything was locked down all the time, and doors huh. were always open, and huh. it was all about the kids. So we don't, we did not line up at all on those things. Which and is also what I like about her, because when it all goes down... We're going to be okay. Yeah. If it all goes down do. and I'm I've in charge. I've already gone through the drills. I've got some skin creams. Right. You know, I like I've got I, the portable defibrillator, the escape plan. I have the whole thing. Know, the, the, the smoke hoods and the, sure. and the, the, the ladder the, for the, the iodine <laughs> tablets. I've got the whole do you deal. Have that, do you find that in your, do you find that uh, uh, you and your wife occupy different places in your marriage? Yes. Like yes. But, but I always feel like some of this stuff, you know, there's things that are very, very similar and sort of, Thankfully, I would also sort of describe it as sort of biorhythmically sort of similar and enjoy the same things the same way. And that, But when it comes to certain attributes like mechanical stuff, she's very mechanical. I am not. I like that. I like when there's somebody has one set of skills and right. even if they're not something I'm accustomed to in terms of my living environment, I, I like personally. I don't, we have to ask her if she you know. Are you a worrier? Very much. Is she a worrier? No. Okay. Right. So yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one because you need to be made safe. And I couldn't stand to be around another warrior. It would drive me crazy. Of course, that yeah. would be even worse. It'd be like it'd be... <laughs> part of what she likes about me is that I do have a little bit of a like, dude. It's going to be okay. Like, well, yeah. It's, and, it, and come, come join us in the moment. It hasn't happened you, yet. Do you have an Al-Anon program? Do you take some of that? Mm, you there? know, I I have. <laughs> Greg's like, no, I, I have gone to Al-Anon meetings. I don't go. You don't have a program. You just go to meetings once a while. I go to meetings once in a while, but I, I should. I should because, uh, you know. Because that, that part, mm-hmm. you know, I deal with this stuff a lot. And yeah. That, that start, you see that. It's, it's right. there. Right. And um, it may not be, you know, it's necessary when it's necessary. It's, all, right. it's, not, it's not something you have to do. No, but I, but, but no, but genuinely the detached with love thing and realizing it's not, you know. It's not about me. The, like his what's going on with him is not about me. I, th- I think because of the way marriage has evolved, um, you know, in the generation, like in my parents' generation, people lived with resentments, and they lived yeah, with, and they lived true. within the confines of their partner's resentment. Sometimes, usually, one person has transgressed, and the other person holds a heavy resentment in those situations. And then they stay in that world. And what happens is the negative always wins out in that world. So that's what happens to them, even as a couple and even to their lives. And either that person just doesn't ever come home and, because that's the only way they know how to survive or uh, they're home and they're not thriving. Right. Um, or and, shut down or whatever. Right. And both people are having a bad time and nobody – not your friends, not your kids, not the animals. Nobody thinks it's okay. Mm. So they sort of wonder, well, why are you why are you continuing? But in your head, you're like, well, we're trying to keep it all together. And if we split up, you know, and I think we sort of came to that this year that like, hey, we need to look at this stuff and dump it. Because if we don't, and also when we do, we thrive. And yeah. it's, it, you know, it's just like people get sober. You're like, why did they go out? I yeah. don't know, because they were so happy, but because they didn't do it on a daily. Right. You know, that's the thing. I think the thing in this book, it suggests that, like, look, it's a practice. Stay married till midnight. It's Right. It's not you know, an institution. Do, it's like – Do something every day that feels like 15 seconds, just the two of you lo- locking eyes, just being quietly in a room together. It doesn't have to be deep. But if it's a thing that says this is the marriage, the marriage is the universe that we've created that the kids live in where the marriage is still at the top. I think also you – we live in a world now where your kids are the most important thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh and that I don't know if that 100% makes sense because somebody, usually the dad or <laughs> the the one that didn't give birth, 
is standing on the outside of that circle because yeah. now you're all you're only talking about what's going on with the kids. And so, in in the book, will, will you who is it your story or is, it, is there a how to and sort of advice for the reader? It's all of those things. Yeah. I mean, we really we, we you know we share our experiences of how we blew it. Is this in the podcast too? Maybe it's you. Maybe yes. it's, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we talk and maybe it's you. We talk you know sometimes just us with guests taking letters, and it's about you know identifying behaviors and your relationships and patterns and okay. figuring out like what part of it is you. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're the great part, but yeah. sometimes you're also not the great part. Right. And da- and looking at how that stuff manifests, you know, like you start it in dating and you start by the way you date and you start by the way you, sh- and friendships, like all of those, rela- you know, um, uh, you're in charge of all of your relationships. And sometimes, you know, you look up and realize, man, people aren't talking to me and I'm not really sure why. And, you know, we really want to ascribe some sort of, you know, well, I, people didn't like, you know, I'm not famous anymore or something like that. And you're like, well, okay, let's go back and figure out what that's really about. And maybe there's a reason why you're not famous anymore, too. And I bet it has <laughs> a lot to do with your behavior and not a lot to do with your talent. New to Podcast One, it is the trials of the vampire straight out of Australia. When a male prostitute is accused of raping and mutilating a client, few doubt his guilt. The attack was shocking. And the victim claims the attacker boasted about being a 200-year-old vampire. To hear the whole story, you must go to podcastone.com or make sure you get the new Podcast One app. This is a story you do not want to miss. We're going to discuss omega-3s for you in a second. Omax 3 Ultra Pure, the purest omega-3 supplement on the market. That's right. Uh, in case you're unaware, omega-3s have been found to be a very healthy supplement. Uh, there is some back and forth in the literature, but uh, sufficiently, I'm sufficiently convinced that I take them myself. And I specifically take Omax 3 Ultra Pure. It's almost 94% pure omega-3 fatty acids purest concentration on the market, and they have a patented EPA to DHA ratio of 4 to 1 that is specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain. But of course, you also know it's great for cardiovascular health, improving your triglyceride levels. There's a cool thing you can do called the freezer challenge. Basically, if you freeze any other omega-3 supplement, it gets cloudy. It's all filler, but the Omax 3 soft gel remains clear because it is that pure. It's clinically tested, and it's a purest option, so there's no fish burps or anything like that. So whether you're an athlete, a student, busy parents, or a working professional, anyone can benefit from Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Go to tryomax.com slash Drew to get a box. It is Omax 3 Ultra Pure. I did it for free with your first purchase. Tryomax.com slash Drew. It's O-M-A-X. Tryomax.com slash Drew, and you'll get a free box of Omega 3 with your first purchase. It's a lot of product. Tryomax.com slash Drew. Terms and condition apply. Omax 3 comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have plenty of time to try it and really feel the Omax difference. All right, you're looking to buy a car. You're, you may have heard terms like MSRP. You might be familiar with them, but do you really know what they stand for? What it means, same goes for invoice, list price, dealer price, all that stuff. It's just enough to confuse anybody. What you want is the true price, the actual price, and now you have true price from True Car. You'll know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. And true car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. How do you know true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. You see that scattergram. You lock in that price, and your certified dealers know this. So they set the true price competitively so they can win your business. And once you lock in that price, you know you've locked in a price for an actual vehicle on a true car certified dealer's lot. So when you're ready to buy new or used, visit true car. That's right. Get that true price from True Car, whether you're buying new or used, and visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Some features not available in all states. Let's uh, let's take a call. It's a pretty good call for you guys. This is uh, Sam, 46 North Carolina. Sam, go ahead. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Drew. I uh, have been in a relationship with a woman for about seven months, and she's currently in rehab. There was a, an intervention with her from her her parents and other people in, in her life, and she willingly said, yep, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And she's committed herself. She's been in rehab for one week. This is her first time in. What was the drug? Um, alcohol and and also um, Adderall, which was prescribed mm. to her by her um, don't, don't physician. Even, don't even start me. Uh, don't even start me. I, I can't tell you how many people are taken down by Adderall as prescribed. It's a terrible drug for people that have addiction. Terrible. And bipolar, okay. too. Okay, well, both. that's... So, anyway. All right. Well, that's that's one of my my questions. Was I didn't I, I, my essential question is how can I be helpful? Like how how can I be the most helpful, supportive um, person in her life that I can be? Um, you well, know, it's what, great. what more data do you so need from we'll, me? We'll, uh, First of all, that's the nicest question. Yeah, it's a great question. That and, is so lovely and, that and, that's and, your question. And you and I will talk. It's not. About it. It's not. What about me? <laughs> right, and we'll talk about it from the codependent spec perspective. Greg, what would what would somebody want seven weeks into well, seven I, days into? <clears throat> I'd say you're there. That's really that that is your raison d'etre. What can I do? And even and, and that yeah. may just be, can you be quiet? And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rebuilding myself from the bottom up. And they're gonna say to me, you shouldn't be in a relationship. Uh, uh, that is recommended or is, is said a lot. And well, in, so they in they that. also don't make any major changes. That's also true. So, that's right. That's so right. They, this relationship might survive. It's already yeah. underway. Yeah, it's that's right. Seven months in. Yes, I think they say don't get in. And if you're not yeah. in right. one, don't. And that's because people come in usually yeah. behind a relationship. So you get to be the world's nicest, quietest guy and just see okay. what needs doing, um, uh, and be willing to sort of uh, ride it out because it'll be tough for you because they're l- going to be learning how to. It's like having a big baby. You know, you get your feelings come back and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's what people sound like. And, oh, this is what <laughs> sex is. And all it's all weird and loud and, well, and hard. I, here's a, a specific question. Should I never drink around her? Um, I, I would not. I would keep – I just have a just general philosophy that for the first year keep the – certainly the home environment completely safe. Uh, what you do – you know, when you go out together, I think it's a nice gesture not even to think about using alcohol around her. I think after you've yeah. been sober for a while, it won't matter at all. But early on, yeah. you just got to keep things safe and not, you know, make her trigger in any way. Would you agree, Gregor? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if um, – if it, yeah, if that's something you can do, if you can do without it, um, that, yeah, that, yeah then that's great. I mean, that isn't possible. My parents made my sister go live somewhere else because they weren't going to get rid of their wow. booze in their home. So wow. they made my sister go live with my grandmother. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> your parents, yeah. your not, parents. Not are. for her, but yes. What, yeah. what, what's their ethnicity? Uh, they were waspy. They were white. What's, where the, where the ancestors from? Do we know? Oh, uh, Italian. Italian. And, yeah. Yeah, and no, Welsh. I was going to say, no Scottish, Irish, Yeah, Welsh. no, they, my mom. So, yeah, 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 my mom. So who was, got that who flew the flag. About, she, she wrote it all the way. Nice. Um, um, yeah. Good for her. Um, now, for you, it turns out uh, there's family treatment, right? Are you, has she invited you to any of those programs? Sam? You know, she's, this happened one week ago. So she's in rehab for one week. She's well, currently well, not in the same city. Well, oh, okay. well, but they usually have a family, either family week or family weekends, that kind of thing. So you might I, just, I'm invited to come next Sunday from 1 to 4. Go. Go to that. Okay. Uh, okay. And then start to go to something called Al-Anon, 
which if you look online, yeah, yeah there'll yeah. be Al-Anons all around wherever you live. They're everywhere. And go there, yeah. raise your hand and say, I need help. And I've got somebody I'm trying to, I love who's in treatment. And um, tell your story. That's it. Yeah, okay, I mean, you are. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sam. So you are, Dr. Drew, skeptical about Adderall because I, I wasn't sure. To, skeptical. On the one hand. I'm not skeptical. Yeah. I'm outraged. I'm furious. I'm okay. angry when my peers do that because I've taken okay. many a patient of either. Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead of opiate addiction because somebody gave him Adderall. I guarantee you that's why he went out. On his bedside okay. was needles and heroin and Adderall. And I thought, oh, that's okay. why he – this is a guy with 20 years of sobriety goes out. Why would he go out? Oh, a doctor gave him Adderall. That's it. That that oh. takes people down okay. like crazy. She's not to take that medicine anymore. I mean, I, okay. whatever. Okay. That, that's I mean, what she's – yeah, that's what she's told by, by the clinic. And I, I just didn't – because I, I feel bad because, you know, it was a part of her life, and I just knew that she had a a prescription. So I figured, you know, the supportive thing was to say, just do what your doctor says. None of this is your fault. You don't create an addict. You don't. And, you don't. <laughs> and you also a, don't have to lay down any rules. Yeah. You're not the enforcer, and you're not her parents. You get to be in this kind of divine yeah. place of being a really good guy who will, if you go to Al-Anon, understand what your boundaries are, so yeah. that you can also go. Maybe I can't take this right now, but you, you you're not a punching bag. But um, but you yeah. do get and, to be the person who doesn't bring the conflict, doesn't bring the you know. Well, and to to that point, um, what what happens when people actually start to get well is the loved ones start to unload on them. So um, expect her family to suddenly be angry and unloading, and don't get engaged in a split. You know, siding with her against the family. Just realize everyone's going to have their feelings. And let them have yeah. them, and take well, them well, all one, the family stuff to Al-Anon and the family groups. Hmm? Well, one last angle about this: you guys are setting me up as, as a nice guy because I'm curious and I'm asking questions. If I'm really self-aware, part of what I liked about her is she's she's a few years younger than me. She's the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been, like I, I I was married for several years to somebody who didn't drink at all, and I would you know occasionally drink, and then to be with somebody who drank more, who was. Just very vivacious and lively and fun yeah. and party yeah. girl, punk rock. I, I, no, I, I, understand, that, I understand you know? what you're attracted to. You, well, you, it's also, you know, be, if, you're, if you're more... <laughs> <laughs> I understand. We're codependents. We right, get it. Of course. But that, that's also, you know, you're borrowing the function of her personality being bigger and brighter and bolder and more confident than your own. Yes. Which is oh my totally... God, that's so accurate. Which yes. is totally understandable. Yeah. But and, and that is going to change. It's going to change. She, that be, is going to change. She, she's going to be okay. It's going to take some time. Don't, don't um, you get to grieve the loss of who you thought she was, and she's going to be somebody even better. Don't worry. It's just be open to it. And and if it's not a relationship that works, or she doesn't want it to work, I mean that happens sometimes in treatment. But if when both people are participating, usually things kind of work out if both people are into it. And if she's into it, and you're into it, it, it will work out. Yeah. And it's your time. It's your turn to become that because you were, like Amir said, you were sort of um, uh, jonesing off of her high of being that person. So maybe it's time for you. To, that's something that's attractive to you. Maybe it's time for you to look at that. Be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. a look at that. Yeah. And that's good for Alan on. Good for you know work there. See, see how how predictable people are in these relationships. <laughs> yes, but, yes, we all have our roles. But so, it, it's it's good. It's nice that it's predictable. Yes, it's nice to know you're not alone. Or these it are is. things that are common. It, well, you know? and that's it's exactly right. They are common as can be, and people who are experiencing these things for the first time don't know that. 
Right. right. So, and you'll go to an al meeting and you'll hear other people's stories and be like, oh, okay, mine's not that bad. Yeah. Oh, no. It's always worse. Right? Oh, there yes. is that thing where you're like, oh, it – so that's what this is. Yes. Don't look, but, and don't look for differences. Look for similarities too. Right. Your exactly. fear, but your fear of that person, your uncomfortableness around that person, your, um, you know, your experience of me uh, on certain days probably feels the same as it did to that person whose you know, person sounded more chaotic, but they were still afraid or unsure or like, why am I in this or how much do I tolerate? You know, those are the things. And the same with alcoholics. You go there, somebody lost their keys once on wine and said, I'm never letting this happen again. You know, and somebody else drove through a bank window, but there's still the same. And they went and walked to the liquor store next door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's stories where you go, well, I yeah. don't even qualify, man. Yeah. But you do because you felt that kind of misery, that lack of control, that inability to be yourself. And, you know, so it's you, you have more in common with people than you think. So let's go back to the cancer. What, what was the pregnancy? Non-Hodgkin's B-cell lymphoma right. in my intestine. Right. And, so, uh, and they had cut me open to pull out my appendix. And then... Oh, they thought it was an appy. And you ended up having a lymphoma. Mm. Yes. No, he was, in, he was well, on they, tour in Australia. And he had been having stomach pains. And he had gone to the doctor here a couple of times. And they thought it was gastritis. And they gave him different medications. It didn't show up in my blood work. And then he went to Australia, what was supposed to be three months. And after two weeks, he called me and was in the ER and said they found clusters of tumors in my stomach. I, they think I have cancer. I'm coming home. Be- before they opened you up for thinking it was an MRI? Yeah, they did yes. an MRI. Well, yeah, yeah, they did when, an MRI. I saw an MRI. And then, yeah. so then... When they opened him up, they realized they couldn't take the cancer without um, cutting off the blood flow to his intestines, uh-huh. but also that his um, appendix looked weird. So they, they took that as well. Was there lymphoma in there? No. No, but it, but they were afraid it would jump, it would get there, yeah. and so then they sent me home and said, let, "Let this wound heal, and then we'll start the chemo." And then my intestines shut down, and they were like, "We got to start the chemo at the same time." So the wound stayed open for six months. Oh, that's good and that's time. where the every oxycontin. Time, yeah, that's every where the time he had chemo, it would reopen. Oh Jesus! And get a staph infection. It was so good, brutal. Good times. It was man. so brutal. So yeah. what, what was the chemo they gave you? Chop one of those old things, or what? What they gave and you? Our, and the R and the uh, rituxan. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. And and the, my doctor was like, "Look, I think I mean it's it, curable it, illness." Great news. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, when you wake up. If you're going to have cancer, this yeah. is a good one. Do you know what, what kind said. of cell type you had? Was it like a large cell? Large or? B cell. Yeah. Yep. So those are curable. Yeah. And it was – and um, uh, and the experience was over in six months. I mean, really. Um, but the the oxy was a The nightmare. treatment was over in six months. Nightmare. But yeah. I've so. never been through anything as bad. I've never been through anything worse in my life. And think about I the fact – I could take a bullet now. I know. Think about the fact that that is an epidemic in this country. I can't – like I don't know how – and I think people don't even understand. Like people mostly are not getting high. They're not wanting to – Go through withdrawal, withdrawal because yeah. the withdrawal is look at looking over a cliff that never ends, and the despair, and then the weird. Your body it never is the same withdrawal every day. Your insides ache. You think you have cancer again. You're sweating. Well, for that's no the other thing, right? The pain, the pain is intensified while you're on the opiate, and you're oh. in this sort of chronic withdrawal, and you're in dis- and you have hyperalgesia, and it's just a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Yep. And your addiction's kicking in, so that's playing games in your head all the time. Yep. That's where the thinking and the diversion and the lying and the obfuscating and the bullshitting, all that kicks in. All of it. it. Just kick, and it gets intensified because it's opiate addiction now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, on, it's sort of on steroids. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, I, you know, I, I, how can you warn people off this stuff? But it really is a nightmare. But it also, it can be, I did, and I wouldn't recommend it if you can get to a rehab, but I did the Suboxone, mm. you know. At, at, all the way off? Yeah, but it, you had to land it like a slow right. landing it plane. Was, it took it me like about a year a, and a half. Yeah. You well, know, good for like you to get all the way off because, because very few, if they don't make it in the first few weeks, ever get off. 
Yes, that's the nature. That's of what everybody thing kept now. saying to me. I go, but yeah. I'm I'm reducing it. I'm reducing it, and, I, and every time I try and jump. Well, once you get down to a two one milligram, you start getting withdrawal again, and then people go, oh, "No, I'm not going to go through this." Right. And sometimes the suboxone withdrawal is a little more unpleasant. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's just different. It's a little unpl- it, it's an unpleasant it was, every every day was a different thing. Yeah, like it it was. It and was then a and very, then you're not yourself long. for like yeah. six months. Or oh my 12. god! And then but you think you're trying to be, and yeah. you don't. You can't contextualize it. Yes. And you feel okay, and then people are looking at you like, are you? You know, like. <laughs> Where is everybody? What happened to all my friends? Why is everyone afraid of me? The girls are jumping. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, they just, you know. Uh, I hope you had a good sober peers around and stuff that could, you know. I do, and I have yeah. a good program, and I have a great. I mean, I'm. But I mean, you know, it's just so horrible and so miserable, and you have to have guys that can laugh with you about it and punch you in the head about it. And the, but the problem was, I drifted from my program, and so when I, so when I. If I had had people around me when I started taking the oxy at the beginning, if I'd have called my sponsor, they, they might have kicked your ass. They might not have been able to control it because the doctors are telling you take this stuff. You have an open right. wound. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. That's so right. A lot of recovery people back off at that point. I always ra- I always say if somebody wants to talk about it, I'm willing to go talk about it with them and yeah. say you know uh, you know because I feel like they should they owe you a detox after if they prescribe oh, it for yes. you they should put how you about, on a detox. How, how about sitting you down and going you know didn't mean to do this but now we have a second problem here sure. we need to deal with this. You would have gone, oh, okay. So you're a doctor. Why wouldn't you do, okay, so if the pain is in your stomach, because you yeah. can still feel the pain. That's the other thing. Your stomach still hurts. You on, just on don't mind it. Yeah, on the on the oxy, on the whatever, you have this yeah. weird thing. Why couldn't you, I guess you couldn't do a local? Why wouldn't you localize the pain relief? Yeah, you can't really, there's no such You can't plot. do that. Yeah, the, 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 the neurology is too complex there. It is the pain. Okay. Pain, yeah, pain. Okay. That's because um, that seems like if that if you could solve that problem, you wouldn't have to make people yes. string them out. But yes. it's amazing. But there are lots of ideas about things that could be done otherwise. You know, they, they could, because now finally everyone woke up to the opiate issue. Yeah, yeah. right. And, it, and it's not a good thing for chronic pain. Well, it's thank God thing. it hit old white men because now it's an <laughs> oh epidemic. And it was destroying people before, but I thank know. God old white men were falling out of buildings. <laughs> now we can. Now we'll do something about now it. Now we'll do something about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say that you know the thing that's so frustrating is you know when he you know the doctor would be like, well, it shouldn't hurt anymore. It shouldn't hurt anymore. But they didn't. They didn't go. Oh well, it's also you're in complete withdrawal. Right. It's, it so what a, you say you, is what you do is like you know what the opiates perpetuate pain once and it can make it seem chronic and put you in chronic withdrawal. Right. It gives you hyperalgesia. Your addiction is now kicked in. We need to take you off this stuff, and you will not have pain when we get you off it, or the pain will be tolerable. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, no one ever yeah. says that. No. And also, and that's actually the truth. Right. I can't imagine it's hard to they, prescribe but they make something you feel you've bad never... for not being able to handle what's going on when when he literally they don't know was they literally don't know what they don't such know a mess yeah. it was so awful hard to prescribe what though it's interesting to to prescribe it for somebody having never felt like if you are a psychoanalyst right you have to go through psychotherapy don't you you have to yeah but but you know you, you can be an oncologist not have had cancer that's you know? I mean, so you, right you do develop objective judgment about these things but but to if you're going to treat an alcoholic with opiates, you should know what that implies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should at least understand what that implies. It doesn't take much right. for a doctor just to go, oh, this could be a problem. I don't deal with this. I don't know it very well. Maybe I can get somebody who understands this kind of this particular sure. kind it, of human it, being. It, it, the, you know, when you um, – and I think the reason people drink in the first place is, you know, you, it's not because you uh, – it's because you go, oh, my God, I don't feel anxious. Right. I actually I, well, feel like I, I the person I, I could be right. if I, I could get feel, out of my fear. I, I don't feel X, <laughs> whether right. it's pain, anxiety, right. m- sadness, misery, whatever it is right. about myself. And yeah. you discover I'm funny and I want to. I can talk to people I'm and I feel person. okay. I'm a better person. Yeah. So it's like this is who I am behind that wall. When I envision myself being a person yeah. who can talk to girls or whatever, now I can. Yeah. You know, um, 
but I need more every time and then it goes to the wrong place. But you do – it is an attempt to write yourself for social interaction if, or – If drugs know, and alcohol fear. did not work for people that use them, they would not take them. Well, they, they – It feels they, like they, – <laughs> They work. That's true. It, until they don't. And then right. the addiction makes and sure you keep really going. And they really don't work. But yeah. it does feel like the hangover – like most people's hangover, the first hangover they have is the worst thing they've ever experienced. They're like, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. And a lot of people go, okay, I take it easy with that stuff. And some people go, no, I'm back. I'm back. I can oh, yeah. fight that. I can beat that guy. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Alcohol under no I'm certain resilient. terms lets you know. No, I will kill you. I mean, we can do this dance for as long as you want, but I will kill you. You know, yeah, yeah. So, and the chemo went how long? Six, six, six months. months. Six months. Yeah. And sometimes they do bone marrow transplants. Thing was that ever even talked about? Or no. no. Okay. No, I came in. I, this is how great it was. I flew in from Australia. Went straight to Cedars. They started uh, on Easter. It was Easter Sunday, and by Labor Day, great. That was it. And That's so, great. and and um, um, and the wounded healed by then too, or uh, yeah, yeah. No. A, a little bit, yeah. Was it how long did we have her? Around? Yeah, we had a nurse. We had a nurse <laughs> coming have, every day. When you say her, you mean the nurse, or the, the was, nurse. There, was there a name for your wound? No, there was. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It. I named my wound Helen, and she. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, we had a, we had someone that had to come to the house every day and for clean it out judges, and yeah. pack it. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. good times. <laughs> yes, yes, good times. Now drop a marriage in that and make somebody mm-hmm. like and drop and a also, marriage in it and then add the addiction onto the end. That's yeah. Super, Tom Arnold super had a, a similar. I think he had MRSA actually in his in his abdominal wound. Really, and uh, and, be, and he had obvious, you know he had obstruction because of opiate use, and so his whole thing was oh, about man. the opiate story. And so he now, when he's talking to young kids that have an opiate problem, he pulls his, he shows them his wounds. Yeah, he's like, you want to be like this? Take it's your, major. Take your yeah, and it, you do have that thing too. I think sometimes where you're like, you don't need to. St- like I get that. Like so there have been times where I was like, look, you don't have to be married to this. You know, that's the other thing. You, uh, you know, I have said on certain occasions, look, I understand. I, my mom was an alcoholic. I understand that I am, you know, this sort of unpredictable so, source So in let's talk about that. When you're looking to buy a car, you might hear a lot of crazy prices and, uh, you know, not prices so much as crazy terms like MSRP, invoice, list price, dealer price. No, no, no. You want the real price, the true price, and now you've got true price from true car. You can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you ever get to the dealership. And you know once you've seen that scattergram and locked in a good price, you know you've locked in a price for an actual vehicle on the True Car Certified Dealer's lot. True Car Certified Dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. How do you know your true price is a great price? Well, first of all, it's True Car. Secondly, True Car shows you what other people's paid for the same price, so you know the market's bearing, you know what's fair. And your certified dealer knows this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy new or used, that's right, don't forget, they have used cars as well as new. You can visit True Car and enjoy that more confident car buying experiences. Some features not available in all states. Blinds Galore, everything Blinds Galore creates is 100% custom, right to your specifications, made just for you when you place your order. Do not bother with the stress of dragging yourself out to the big box prepackaged stores. This is more than a blinds aisle. These are blinds experts. Plus, they're family-owned and run, so you know they care. These guys are great. I've met all of them. They And we've used them. We use them as Corolla used them. We use them. And uh, they will make sure you're happy at BlindsGlory.com. You do it all from home. You get a 100% custom product at a better price. And BlindsGlory.com was the first place to buy blinds online. And they've covered over 2 million windows and counting. They make it easy. If you need design, advice, or measuring help, their expert in-house custom care team will be there for you every step of the way. I mean it. They do not drop the ball. They make sure you're happy. The same quality and care you'd expect from a professional designer 
but without the big price tag. Blinds Galore will even set you up with 15 free samples, free shipping on top of the free expertise. So whatever your needs for blinds, Blinds Galore has exactly what you're looking for. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know I sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. So when you were saying that, was it when you were on opiates? Yeah, and after. And after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After. So on the Suboxone or all the way off? On the Suboxone. On the Suboxone. And then finally when I was off too. You would still say you don't have to be in this. Yeah, it's been too much. And is this a guilt you're expressing? No, it's me looking at the quality of life and saying, yes, you can't get comfortable around me. I can't get comfortable around your discomfort and... And so, if you are not going to pull the trigger, I will because I know what the, I know what's happening. And but you'd and, already been separated, right? Separation. We had been, been separated, and then we got back together, and then shortly thereafter, he got cancer. And you and you've stayed together since the cancer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though he, Greg was trying to convince you to leave. Yeah. What made you stay? Because I married him, and <laughs> I, you know, and and, and I really believe that the person I married was still in there, even even through all the drug stuff and the del- the behavioral changes and the, the delusion and the, ed- the daily well, edges let me, let me and that kind of that. stuff. Let me drill into that a little bit. Okay. Of course he's still there. Right. Why would you not trust that? Because he hadn't been around in a while. Because he'd been using. Because he'd been – well, because he'd been – yeah, because he – part of why we separated was he was using. Yeah. Uh. And then he. So you relapsed before the before the. Uh, yeah, after okay. the I started to. Oh, okay. uh, I've been diagnosed as bipolar. Yeah. So after the, but I didn't know that. And no. after I had had trod the boards with you, I thought, well, I am also a person who people come to for advice. So certainly, I don't need help. Uh. So when I started to have these incredible mood swings, the manic to super mm-hmm. depressive, one Christmas I just took one of the dog's pills. Uh, it was a hydrocodone. I had no idea what it was, but my sister's eyes had gotten real big one day when she walked by it because she was an addict for the, most okay, of her life. So, so you got tired of the addict bullshit. Yeah. Really? You were yeah. Just, you were, she was just tired of that. And and then you were tired of putting her through it because you didn't feel guilty. I do. Yeah, you feel I, guilty. Yeah, yeah. That's guilt. I, I feel guilty. I understand it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also um, um, when, you know, um, I have, you know, what is it now, 19 months Sobriety. Um, of sobriety, yeah, coming off the suboxone and all well that, done. right? So the um, um, I have an understanding of what that's like. I go every day. I listen to those stories and I listen to people be in things where they just are unhappy. And I just was like, I, I and I I'm, I and I, you don't want to do that to her, right? Yeah, but it's not my job to decide that, which I've been yeah. told. But I still, I can feel like, and I'm not thriving because I'm so concerned about how she is. I'm not. Tending the, I still feel like uh, the, the, the Al-Anon piece would help. Well, that yeah, that's the thing is I, I'm, guilt I'm, su- I'm such a codependent. Yeah, like I know. I, you know, I didn't I didn't leave or whatever because I was so worried about him because he was yeah. in he he was not rational. He was he was so not him for so long, and 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 I was just very concerned about him and and you know he's the father of my children and i he's my favorite person and it you, was that you, thing you know where what it I is like, uh, yeah, it's, you're, you're having trouble separating the attic from greg yes and, and 100%. I, I see it very clearly <laughs> i see it super yeah. duper clearly sure now i didn't have to live in it for a long period of time but again alan i would really help you with that 
because because I, I you know I guess I have lots of experience dealing with this stuff, but but to me they're very distinct things. Greg, <laughs> Greg and Greg drug addict, right? Right. They're not the same, and I, I know you know that, but right. I don't know if you feel it quite right. Well, I, I you know there was no two days that were the same. Dealing with a drug addict, really? Is that so how it works? There was <laughs> no that... consistency or continuity. Again, dealing with a drug addict. I know. Really? So, I and when you, and when you, Greg, what the, but you have to understand is like and when bipolar, I, it's never I know. the same. Hmm. I know. And when you've sort of felt like you like you go, look, I know the difference between before I started going to AA and after. Of course, right? Yeah. So you do feel like, well, I am riding the ship. I mean, I am. I'm going every day. I have commitments, and I'm you know like I'm. I'm doing everything. I'm meditating. Yeah. I'm doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm riding my bike. Like I'm taking. You go to NA too, or just AA? Uh, just AA. Although I do go to. A, there's a couple of meetings that are specifically for just pill. oxy for pill. Yeah, <laughs> for pill pills. People. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's pill meetings. That's yes. good. Yes. And um, oh jeez. Uh, and I can drop in on any meeting and hear something. Uh, am I at a food meeting? That's fine. I'll yeah, say. Yeah. I can good. hear. I can. <laughs> no, that's it. good. What that's, are you addicted to? Shoes. I get, I, Let's I get do it. it. That that's a good yeah. headspace for you to be in right now. Yes, for sure. I can yeah. I can connect to some a lot of yeah. the isms. So, um, um, are you still traveling and working and stuff a lot? No, I've I managed to shut all that down. Okay. I managed to make it. I made I made myself fairly unemployable. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so I'm rebuilding. Yes, you'll get back out there. Yes. So okay. in the meantime, it's the books and the, in the podcast. Meantime, yeah, we decided to try to save and our marriage. That. And- do was, a podcast and, yeah. and dissect all of the heavy duty. You guys ought to talk to other uh, addict couples and stuff like that too, because it really would be an interesting conversation. Because we're all, you know, it'd just be an interesting. Because sure. so much about addiction is sort of fittedness, and when you're oh, intimately yeah. involved with somebody with addiction, and that fittedness is always different. And and you would see it, you know, if you talked to another couple, you'd see stuff in the co, and he'd see stuff in the addict. Oh, <laughs> I'm be very sure. Interesting. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And the the um. And also when you you know somebody goes well my dad is not you know, he doesn't drink and I go, but he but he rages right no, but he yeah. rages and it's, yeah. so it's all still coming from he's coming from a place of fear and you're and we're all living under his fear mm-hmm. you know the president doesn't uh, drink you know but he has a fear thing that makes people afraid of him because otherwise he'd be able to be talked to at some mm-hmm. point or whatever and so I feel like we see that behavior and it and it, it um uh. And so it's applicable, you know, just in relationships. Oh my God, yes! I, that, that's the great thing about addiction because it's 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 the human experience just sort of cracked open, right? And it's just it's just everything and everything's you know life and death too with with that addiction. You have to take care of these things, like you know if if it's not, if it's not an addict, there a lot of relationships would have trundled along, never dealt with these things. Step was an addict, you got to deal with everything. Yeah, you got to right. deal with it because it it's endangers the person right. with the illness. And, and it's uh, happening. Yes, it's, it's happening. It's, right. yeah, it's we happening refuse all, yeah. to apply logic and rules to love because it's love, so it should be perfect. And it's like, no, man, <laughs> it should be there. You know, we we should have a meeting every day about the relationship because we're both in it, and we should. We had no lines of communication, and what happened was this summer when the book looked like, and we were sort of stuck on the book. And I said we should do a podcast, and she said we should do a podcast after we write the book, and I was like. We should do a podcast before we write the book because I don't even not sure what we're writing. And as soon as we added this extra person who mm-hmm. wasn't there mm-hmm. in our home just to do it, all of a sudden there was just this small amount of listening. On we just talked. Mm. Yeah, it was like a, it was just the conversations we were meant to have. I mean, we hadn't 
set out. It's so it's so hard in a marriage when you have all of these like historical traumas and injuries to actually be on good behavior and not be triggered by your person in any sort of conflict or confrontation where you like dig back up all yeah. these feelings. They come well, rushing into your body. Y- yes, and, and, and you may have you... to take them somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but, but the other thing is you have to decide to commit to things, mm. which sounds like you guys have. We've, yeah. we've certainly have tried. Yeah, we're getting there. We I mean, we said the other day, you know, your future can't. I mean, your your past can't fight your future. You know, yeah. all this past stuff, you cannot. No, you got to you got to find forgiveness and gratitude and humility and all that good stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, and I think so. Then setting up a marriage, I think it's you know, you kind of want to go. I want to make this. I love this person. So for them, to me, this has to be the safest. Spe- they should be. They should feel as free. Uh, it, it, well, I think without. I mean, I think there's a difference between freedom and 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 crossing a line. I think there is a difference okay. between. So, so you're granting her that freedom in a way, whether yes. she takes it or not. Yeah. Yes. Or if it's somebody starting out in a marriage, you like you should let your person be able to come to you and go. I think I want to have sex with other people. I feel like I want to drink again. I don't want to be ashamed in front of you. I hate my. Um. Uh. I hate my body or whatever. Like I feel like sometimes we. Um. Uh, or, or maybe the person is open to it, and we don't think they are. But I, I do feel like it's hard for Coes to say stuff like that. It is it's yeah. very hard because yeah. we're very contained to control things and fixing things and perfecting things. Right, and, and they but, come to you like but, that. But they, we start like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But 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 to to still to sort of to reinforce that freedom and that and that um, acceptance, right. I think it's very cool and very important. Yes, and yeah. I I also think um, you know in the story where she said I, I want to tell her these stories and she said um, uh, I, I don't want to hear them. I also don't think I found a way to broach the topic. It wasn't that I wanted to s- talk about those stories. I wanted to have an open discussion about our own sex life. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to reference my past. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have been more general about what happens <laughs> with an alcoholic and what my experiences are rather than telling them war stories. Right. I, I mean, I, back to yes. like the way you tell an amends, you do it you know, without hurting people. And the same thing would right. be true about history. It's like maybe more mystery, less history in certain areas. Right. <laughs> right. So. right. But I think sometimes you are trying to warn somebody like I'm not perfect. Or, I'm – Yeah, yeah. I understand. And, and I, that's – again, that's the part that you know you don't want the codependent to insist on you to be perfect because you're not. And, right. And we kind of go that way automatically because that's what we demand of ourselves. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so we don't really want it from you, but you see – you feel it though still anyway. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Codependency is, is actually a little more delicate process, believe it or not, than addiction. <laughs> Yes. And it's a little I, earlier injuries and stuff. Well, I also, you know, I think one of the things we did learn in therapy was uh, people like me feel like we have we have all the feelings. We're the sensitive ones. It's like, no, the person who doesn't talk about anything <laughs> is so hurt they <laughs> well, can't talk. Yeah. Right? I, I still think the attic is the more sensitive constitutionally. Yes. Uh, we just have more difficulty accessing our feelings. Yeah. Because, and, they're I, very, they're I, very, and they're very tender. They're I very always tender. say right. that I'm partially made of wood. Yeah, he's, you're not. He's all. He's no. all. You're, you're, like you're not. You feel like you are. Immediately spills emotion. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just like shutting down. Right, but then that, again, just like uh, Sam, who we talked to, right. that's the kind of stuff you're attracted to and you like because it, it's right. You know, you wish you were that way, or you have part right. of you is, it could be. Yes, no, they're my people. That's why yeah. you like artists. 
Yeah, and and you'll and it's okay to like addicts, alcoholics. It's a, again, it's a fittedness. It's oh, just for sure. you have to do your own work to yeah, of course, to not hurt them and not hurt yourself and all that kind of thing. Do you guys see each all see individual therapies too, or just all couples therapy? We we did individual therapy and then we did couples therapy and um and all of it I found fascinating. Mm. I really enjoyed all of it. I highly recommend. I highly recommend if people Was it are painful having. Ever? We didn't do a lot of what was asked. <laughs> if I'm being honest, we have to well, be that's, honest. That's, I mean, that's look, the way couples therapy tends to go. Well, if you still aren't okay with your person, why would you – if if the therapist says, I want you to go home and sit back to back and read together or whatever the thing is, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't – I can barely get them to, in the car here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm in. You know, right. I'm a I'm – And a, I'm what? like, ew, I don't want to touch you yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm still hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. You can joke about it. Yes. Right? Yeah. No, but yes. it, it is that thing. But I found it really, really fascinating and, and very enjoyable. And I also feel like, you know, in you know, in, in writing this book about marriage and all of the ways that we have blown it and set set ourselves up to fail and have failed, it is that thing where we've gone through and really actually um recognized what we still really like about each other and yes. why we have been able to yes withstand some in- incredible trials and traumas yes. when people around us have fallen. Because a lot of the people that I, you know, a lot of our friends that did get divorced, they all say, if I could do it over again, I would still pick the same person. I would just do it differently. And, and often they say I wouldn't have gotten divorced either. It wasn't right. worth it. It wasn't worth and it. And guess what? You can find your way back to that person sure. just the way you're doing it right now. Just right. what you're talking about, which is that, that it's still Greg. Yes, your you, your your the drug addiction has interfered. Sure, but it's still Greg, and uh, it, it's interesting. That, you know, um, it, it does feel like days you go like there's no love there. There's just no love. I don't feel that mm-hmm. she doesn't feel like that. But mm-hmm. then you go like you know every once in a while like um, a childhood sweetheart will come up and you'll be right there. You go right you're like like you know just for a moment you're like oh my god I remember what that felt like and so that's it's there it's just that it's so covered up right. I mean I think the 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 the, the real loves of our lives uh, are, are always there but we ha- you know sometimes we do it for coping mechanisms sometimes we just do it because we've gotten the way that we we you know and and also you know in in a marriage I mean we get into this place where you know you see everybody's everything on their social media and so you think everyone's having the their best life no and no. you're and and then your every day isn't a highlight real and then all of a sudden you're unsatisfied with something that actually is just meant to be like smooth and steady with some great highs and occasional lows but you know it it sort of skews what the what the barometer is for a good marriage or a good life or a good relationship you know yes it's not all yahoo (laughs) <laughs> also, those people are pro- – they're projecting what they hope it looks like. Yeah. It's not – that's not the truth right. either. That is a moment that they go, a, I want this to be true about me. And so this is what I want to tell people. But, you know, we, we you know, when you know people, you go, well, I mean, I'm sure it was like that that, that hour. And then the next hour, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And then it was okay. Yeah, and then we're you not, went to po- not posting that you, hour. You need more n- nourishing experiences than pleasurable experiences necessarily. And, yeah. And oh, nourishing I like that. And yes. Filling, nourishing and what filling. we're just saying is post your it's, fights. Post your fights. <laughs> yeah. Euphoria. <laughs> is good once in a while, but yeah, really yeah. that eudaimonia <laughs> yeah. is really where we're trying to center things. All right, so get the book. They made the mistakes. Read about them so you don't make them and realize how to adjust course. It's How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking. It's available now on Amazon. It is indeed. Yes. Keys to Keep Your Wedlock Out of Deadlock. 
Maybe it's you. I look forward to hearing some interviews. I would love to hear you doing couples interviews with each, you know, couple I mean, stuff. if you'd like to come on. Yeah, right. send, send some our way. You. All right, fair sure. enough. We will do it. And uh, that about does it. We'll follow you on Twitter. We're looking for Gregory Gregory Gregorybarrett.com. And uh, did I miss anything else? No. Nope. And, uh, that's it. Great, guys. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. it Thanks really for fun. having us, Drew. Good to see you again. You and too. We'll see you all next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D R D R E W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. 